Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to an episode of Science and Pop Culture with Al the Scientist. That's right, I've changed the name of the podcast. It was originally called the Al the Scientist Podcast, but um, recently I've been inspired to kind of revamp the whole thing. Uh, you'll see along with the name change that I have changed the colors of my logo, as well as created a new, uh, I guess, cover photo for the podcast on the, at least the Spotify um, Spotify imagery for now. I will be updating the Twitter, the YouTube, and the Twitch imagery, but that's going to take a little bit of time because I am a busy PhD student. I am your host, Al the Scientist, aka Alan, uh, for short. <laughs> guess that is the shorter version. I'm a marine science PhD student uh, with a passion for talking about pop culture and science. And today, I'm actually going to be kind of changing that up because I've been inspired by a summit that I went to last week to kind of revamp this channel. I will, this, of course, the title is Science of Pop Culture. So the focus of the podcast will be remain on pop culture news and science news. However, I do want to start incorporating guests onto the podcast, which, of course, the room that I'm currently in, as you can see for the video version of this podcast, is probably not suitable for a guest at the moment. We'll see. I'll probably work with it and try to, like, come up with a way to, like, have everyone sit on the couch and look at the TV and chat about things. We'll figure it out. It's going to take a little bit of time. I still also need to make a website for this podcast and incorporate music and sound effects somehow. Kind of hard to do with the Twitch version. Maybe if I focused only on recording the podcast version, that would go better. Um... This morning, I am not drinking Tennessee Honey Whiskey. I'm actually drinking coffee because I need to wake up. You'll notice that I usually record these podcasts on Sunday, and today it is Monday morning. Yes, I'm late. I am also two weeks late on the recording a new podcast episode because, frankly, I've been busy with school. There's been a lot of homework going on. There's a lot of uh, research that I need to be doing, but I'm too focused on homework. That's okay. That's all busy stuff. That doesn't matter. But what I'd like to talk about today is the Planet Forward Summit, the 2023 Planet Forward Summit, when I went to Thursday and Friday last week. It was a two-day summit um, by the Planet Forward organization. And we're going to start with the beginning of this, beginning of why I went. And I went because uh, a few students in my school are collaborating on a group project idea in which we are going to be um, improving the storytelling that we, I guess not storytelling, but just improving our story and communication of story as research scientists uh, for our, I guess, yeah, just for our research, right? So we're just, anyway, <laughs> if you aren't aware, when you conduct research, um, as a scientist or in the marine science field, as I am in, we are kind of not great at communicating our science to the public. I'm sure that's a common theme that most scientists and those who know anything about scientists are aware about. Uh, there is a lot of great science communicators, but of course we can improve. And for a way, a way for me and other students on the campus to improve that is we'd like to um, write our research in a way that we could communicate it to the public. Now, I'm sure my friends who might be listening to this podcast and are in that group 
probably think that I'm saying that the wrong way. So I'm going to apologize for that right now. Shout out. Um, but yeah, so we attended this summit because we want to become better science communicators and better at telling our story. And I'll admit that I had really no idea going into this summit what it was about, what Planet Forward was, who was running it, or anything like that. But I learned a lot at the summit, for sure. Um, for starters, Planet Forward, and if I go, as you can see on the video version of the podcast, I have a website open on the bottom left corner, or bottom right corner. Anyway, Planet Forward is an effective environmental and science, okay, wait, wait, wait. Just reading from the website <laughs> um, about us. Effective environmental and science communication is needed now more than ever. And that is true. Planet Forward is a project hosted by George Washington University School of Media and Public Affairs, teachers, uh, celebrates, and rewards environmental... So oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Planet Forward, a project hosted by... That's just George Washington University School of Media and Public Affairs, teaches, celebrates, and rewards environmental storytelling by college students. It is the premier engagement tool for GW, George Washington University's, many sustainable initiatives. And it was founded by this guy, Frank Sesno, who is, he formed it in 2009 to empower new voices and lead the global conservation, and lead a global conversation on the planet's future. Now, from what I remember at the summit, uh, I actually did meet, end up meeting this guy, which was awesome. I'll talk about that uh, probably towards the end. But um, he has a long career in radio and was a, I guess, a news host on CNN. He's got the voice for it. I definitely recommend looking up some of his talks just to hear this guy's voice because it's, 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 like, captivating just to hear him talk about anything. <laughs> so... He's a really good host, too. He was very informed on the panelists that were speaking at different sessions, as well as making them comfortable and making the audience more engaged with what they were saying. So that was all really cool. The guy seemed really into it, and I loved meeting him. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, the summit lasted two days. There were several different uh, panels and discussions current going on uh, on this big main stage at George Washington University, which I've never been to. Uh, but now I've been to the public engagement, public, wait, sorry, it's probably just presented here, right? Um, ah, School of Media and Public Affairs. Yeah, so that school, or at least the building, is really nice. I liked it a lot. Didn't get a chance to explore the rest of the campus, but I did have a good time um, at the stage and how the stage was designed and all that. Oh my god, I really need this coffee. Okay. But yeah, so there was plenty of talks, and there is an, actually a website dedicated just to the summit itself, planetforwardsummit.org. Uh, the website that I was just at was planetforward.org, so they made their own website for the summit. Um, there was so many talks. There was a lot of sessions going on, a lot of people that I met. Uh, this website goes over like every discussion that was going on, it's like a, like a schedule for us to follow, just an easy way to have that schedule on our phone so that we could keep up with what was happening. Um, there were three um, three different hours dedicated to workshops, which I think were my favorite parts of the entire summit. So for the first workout session, I went to a session titled Science in Action. Let's see if I can find the actual title, right? Workshops page. 
wait. Friday morning, Thursday. Science in action. Filmmaking. Science in action. Filmmaking. Immersive learning through storytelling. Now this one was really cool. Um, let's see. I want to. I want to make sure I get all my names right. <laughs> Hosted by the Rutgers School of Environmental and Biological Sciences. I have a few friends who went to Rutgers, so I got a, a shout out to them, and let them know that I met some people from uh, the school. Ooh, I, I forgot that I got a business card somewhere from uh, the woman that I met who was, I believe, partially hosting this one. Yes. Um, I want to say, it doesn't say, I'm not going to say doctor. I'm not sure. Anyway, her name is Dana Seidel. She is a uh, professor of the science filmmaking and science communication, or at least a researcher in there. And she had her, she talked about the filmmaking aspects that she has done. There's a lot of science documentaries that she has worked on that were phenomenally shot. We saw clips of them. She was, uh, this workshop was dedicated to talking about the um, impactful storytelling model that they've, or, that they produced for a lot of their science films. Um, and as she after she talked about all the stuff that she did, she had her students come up and talk about projects that they were working on. And it was really cool because there were two groups of undergrad students who aren't even in the um, uh, filmmaking, like, yeah, filmmaking major or whatever. Some of them were like biochemical engineers, uh, I can't remember that off the top of my head. I know that one for sure because like, oh, hey, another engineer. So that was pretty cool. But uh, one group had a film that was about catnip uh, research. And just that one was styled in the way that there were five different scientists that were interviewed. They were interviewed in the area that they work. There were clips showing what they do when they're working. And over that was uh, voiceover. <laughs> Excuse me a voiceover interview about uh, what it is they wanted to do with their research and what they were hoping to accomplish with their research and probably some of the setbacks that they got to, right? So that was really cool. And it was five different scientists and the connection of the one bigger project that they were all working on, which is mostly how science is kind of performed currently. I'm in a project of, oh man, I think it's more than, it's definitely more than five. It's like, <laughs> it's like 10 or 12 different people that are working on a single project and it can get a little hectic, but everyone's doing their own special thing and eventually it will connect and there is a connection going currently going on between them. And that was just really cool to see in a film. It was awesome. I was very appreciative of how the scientists were portrayed. I liked that you know, they were kind of, they were very humanized during their interviews. Some of them went over like the problems that they were facing and how they overcame those problems. And I really love those stories. Uh from people and just like talking about their failures and overcoming them but also just like why they were there and why they enjoyed it really good stuff the second video was also cool and this one was about uh, how horseshoe crabs um, actually oh man so there's three aspects of this project right let's start with the horseshoe crabs right so horseshoe crabs there's a breeding season at Delaware Bay and they're just like hundreds and hundreds of horseshoe crabs piled up on each other, all mating and then laying eggs, right? Now the eggs provide food for this bird. Oh man, 
I'm gonna I forget what the bird's name is so I'll, excuse me while I look up the name of this bird bird that eats horseshoe crab eggs bird that eats horseshoe crab eggs the red knot perfect so that's let's see if I can get a better picture for the YouTube or the video version come on oh yeah these are all good pictures yeah okay so very cute little bird <laughs> so this uh red oh no i forgot the name because the bird's so cute the red knot right the red knot eats the eggs from the horseshoe crab and the horseshoe crab uh well these red knots are i believe they're listed as endangered or they're threatened it's one of the two it's not good looking good for them but they eat the horseshoe crabs the horseshoe crabs eggs right and if there's plenty of horseshoe crabs, there's plenty of eggs, there's nothing to worry about on that front for the red knot. But it's believed, it may be believed that oyster aquaculture is pushing the horseshoe crabs out of the area where the red knots usually find the eggs. So some research had been conducted on whether the um, presence of oyster aquaculture farms, and these were off-bottom farms in which the oysters were hung on wires instead of a regular on-bottom, regular, instead of an on-bottom method, uh, which is my research. I study on-bottom oyster leases. But um, the film that these students uh, made was more in the style of like a regular research paper where I had an introduction, a methods, a discussion, and the overall result of the experiment, right? Now, these films were condensed into six minutes uh, for each group, just a heads up but they both provided uh, very good information on what the research was about you know the horseshoe crabs it was discovered that they're not really like impacted by the oyster aquaculture farms but everyone was interviewed and they were asked what they were doing and like how did they come up with these ideas and stuff like that it was awesome because <laughs> they had really good footage of like the horseshoe crabs moving around underwater moved and less like grab because there's so many of them and then you could just pick them up and like sh talk about the anatomy of the horseshoe crab and you could see all the eggs and you could see the red knots eating all the eggs and it was just really 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 well made um and i got to sit with these guys at lunch and chat with them more about like the project they did and that's when i met uh dana Seidel. shout out uh i should email her and ask her more questions about the filming uh within the oyster aquaculture section because i would like to probably do that for my own research because i need to know what species are moving around mine but also i'd like to better communicate as again that's another method to communicate my science maybe through video because i'm doing this podcast and i vlog about my science every now and then and that's really cool but you know that i also focus this on pop culture stuff and other science news so that i can grow my audience because I love talking about that stuff. But uh, yeah, this workshop, awesome. Loved it. And I loved meeting the people and chatting them at lunch. That was really, really cool. Uh, let's go back to what the other workshops were about. The other workshop I went to, also another favorite and inspiration for why I'm changing up a lot of stuff in this podcast, was the Spotify Mini Labs, creating and launching your podcast, <laughs> which you know, probably tells you everything you need to know. But this was a really cool, uh, I got to meet uh, Chris and Jarrett and Kara Terrell, who are both uh, Spotify uh, managers and leaders. 
as it says right here, the equity impact lead, uh, Kristen is the equity impact lead and Kara is the senior program manager over at Spotify. So that was really cool. Um, not a lot of detail in this little blurb here, but uh, we did a lot of stuff. We talked about um, just how to find your niche and, um, oh my God, it's loud out there. What's happening? I wrote a bunch of notes. So actually let's go read through my notes. That'll probably help me better um, communicate my science. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so um, creating a podcast. I need a show format. Am I doing solo? Am I doing one-on-one -on -one interviews? Is there gonna be a panel discussion? Don't know if I'll be doing a panel discussion as much as I'd like to, but uh, I do wanna move on to one-on-one -on -one interviews and probably a hybrid version where I have this solo version where I talk about a subject and then eventually just pick someone else up uh, and chat with them about a certain subject. Mostly scientists and other students at my school, probably. Anyway, so I also need to figure out episode formats and consistencies, recurring segments, co-hosts. Uh, what is my description? What is my tagline? What is my publishing cadence? Which it should be weekly, but every now and then I'm probably going to miss a week, probably for school or that I don't have the time to produce an episode because obviously my uh, life should come first. And this is a hobby for now. I would love to make this the center of my world. That would be really cool, but that's not sustainable for my life. So this is just a hobby right now until uh, I figure that out. Anyway, I need to build my story and uh, like probably maybe build a team, although this is this, as you guys have probably noticed by now, this is a solo show. I'd like to expand that. Don't really know if I can, but we'll find out. And also, the students that I went with were also pretty inspired by... Uh, uh, they didn't go to this workshop, but they were inspired by the um, ideas and topics that I came back with. And I need to chat with them about the notes that I took for this, or at least send them my notes so that they can also... Uh, so they can also uh, probably get ideas for what they want to do for their podcast. Uh, shout out. I'm not going to say any names. I didn't get anyone's permission to say any names. So I'm just saying the names of people that I've met um, that were panelists. Uh, or at least big names. Which, if I said that, it would be rude not to mention um, someone else who was a speaker. He was really cool. I want to get the name right before we move on to the third workshop i do got to give a shout out to ah maria zaharatos maria i'm sorry if i pronounced that wrong but shout out lovely meeting you uh you're pretty cool um maria is writing a children book about microplastics for children in ecuador about children in ecuador i might be getting that wrong anyway read her book it's pretty cool. I'm going to buy that book soon. So shout out, Maria. Now, back to the workshops. Um, let's see. The third workshop that I went to was probably the uh, most informative workshop in terms of what my class, pro class project, student project is. Um, and that's crafting a pitch. And by crafting a pitch, what I mean is, wait, I want to find it so I can get the title right. Art of Crafting a Pitch, Effective Opinion, Climate, Storytelling. 
Okay, so this is probably what my group wants to do is we want to be able to submit our research stories to publications uh, to get the word out about our research and um, publications as in news outlets and news publication sites uh, to get the word about our research and why it's important and why we have the passion in it, right? So this workshop uh, was focused on what it's like to submit pitches to uh, big organizations. Um, it was hosted by Max Sano, Valerie Vandepan, and Harrison Watson. Um, Max Sano and Harrison Watson are both Planet Forge alums, as described here. But I'm going to really talk about Valerie Vandepan because she is an editor, uh, advisor and editor, I believe, for a publication that I'm blanking on right now. Anyway, uh, she was really, <laughs> she's a no-nonsense, uh, maybe no-nonsense, at least that was the vibe she was giving, uh, successful woman. <laughs> she is, uh, when she was speaking, she, just like Frank uh, Senso, she like kind of demands attention and not in like a pushy way, but like in a way in which like I've gotten here, I've earned this respect. Uh, you will listen to what I have to say because I am well informed on this business and what you should be doing and what you can do to improve yourself, right? So that was really cool. Uh, she did a little QA in the beginning, answered a bunch of people's questions, um, and it was really, really uh, insightful, everything that she said, every answer that she gave. So that was really cool. Um, the other, the, what was really cool at this workshop was that I was able to, like, they gave us guidelines on what we should be doing for creating pitches uh, for publications, as I've said that before, but really they kind of get into sort of details, right? So you get like the do's and don'ts, uh, do read the guest contributor guidelines, do not write the, uh, do not write the whole article before the pitch, right? So we should just be submitting a pitch first and make sure it gets accepted instead of like creating an entire article and being upset that it's not taken, right? Um, we should also read the platform's content to make sure that we're submitting to the right place, that we'll actually produce our stories. We need to know who our audience is, what's the problem, what's the solution. And we need to frame the topic to different outlets, right? So a certain outlet might, li might not like the frame of our pitch in comparison to others, right? Makes sense, of course. But these are things that I needed to write down and know because it's not really something that I've taken time to think about. And it was really cool to be... Uh, presented this knowledge at the summit really helpful anyway we also have like the six emotional arcs of stories that we could be following we have the rags to riches rise the tragedy which is a fall the person a whole which is a fall to rise we have the icarus the rise the fall and cinderella which is rise fall rise uh one two three four five six one two three four five oh wait wait wait, wait. i only wrote down five Wow, I did not write down six. Anyway, but you'll get the idea that these stories mostly have a have four components, which is a hero, a villain, a conflict, and a resolution question mark. Maybe there isn't resolved. Maybe your story is still ongoing and there's like more to tell until we get to that resolution, which is something you should think about when writing the pitch, right? Um There's also Actually, before 
instead of talking about the rest of that, let's just get into what my pitch is, or at least the pitch that I got by the end of this workshop, because I had everyone write down a pitch and talk about the pitch in class, in class, blah, in the workshop, right? So here's my pitch. If it sounds cool, please let me know in the comment section, because that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, or not. You don't have to tell me anything. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so um, my name is Alan Williams an Earth and Ocean Sciences PhD student with the University of Maryland Center for Environmental Science. I'd like to write about how new and sustainable, quote unquote, oyster lease harvesting methods would improve farmer yield, but said sustainability and success still needs to be proven. It is important to improve the oyster aquaculture industry without costing oyster farmers their jobs or still negatively impacting the environment, right? So that was the pitch that I came up with, all right? And I think that kind of encapsulates what my research is about. I am researching the differences between uh, old and improved oyster aquaculture harvesting methods, right? And determining which one has the worst environmental impact, if at all, of course, because I'm not out here saying that what the oyster farmers are currently doing is horrible to the environment. They need to be doing this for their jobs, right? But if this new method gets better yield and is sustainable, perhaps this is probably the best way to be hoist, or harvesting oysters, right? And that's probably what I'm gonna be talking about towards the end of my PhD. Now, that was the third workshop. Uh, that was kind of like the conference as a whole. I don't really have anything else to add. This was a short podcast episode, but it's been a few weeks since I submitted. And if you picked up on that, I am going to be closing down this podcast right now because I actually need to get going to class. Yeah, I need to get going to class, need to get back to campus, do other things, uh, probably maybe walk the dog. Who knows? Anyway, um, that wraps up for this week's episode. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, please like and subscribe on the video version of this podcast. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And please, you know, subscribe. I'm going to be doing plenty more of this. I'm getting a lot better at this. I know that. Uh, and next week, I'm going to try to get a guest on the show because I'd love to actually get a guest on the show to talk about anything. Um, and we'll set up the format for how guests on this show will go as soon as I get one. Now, um, again, it is your guys's uh, involvement that really helps me grow and helps me improve as a podcaster. So if you are interested, please hit that subscribe button once again and help me get out there and spread the word, right? Okay, everybody. I'll see you later. Catch you next week, hopefully on Sunday. I'm going to try to stick to the schedule.